Brighter Media Group original. Have you ever wondered what God's voice sounds like? Who are you? I'm the one. Huh? Creator of the heavens and the earth. Alpha and Omega. Oh, I see where this is going. Bruce, I'm God. How about this? The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. People will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. In a moment, a quick Bible story that includes God's voice. Sadly, Morgan Freeman and James Earl Jones were not available. Welcome to Long Story Short, a podcast about living an intentional life. I'm David Paul. This week, you're getting The Voice of God, six plot twists, and one of the feel-good news stories of the 21st century. Up first, the voice of God. There's a story in the Bible about a man named Gideon. He was a judge, a leader over Israel. The story takes up all of Judges chapter 6, if you want to check me on details. So God appears to Gideon and says, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? What do you think? Actually, I think I'm wrong because Gideon clearly wasn't blown away by the authority and power of God's voice. In fact, after a little more back and forth, Gideon asks for clarification, a sign that it really is God talking to him. God gives Gideon that sign, and Gideon realizes, yep, he's talking to God. And here's where the story gets really strange. This whole thing started with God telling Gideon what he wanted him to do. Gives Gideon a sign that it is indeed the Lord Almighty he's talking to. And Gideon asks for not one, but two more signs, which God grants. Have you ever faced a tough decision, especially if it involved change, leaving something old to do something new, and wish that God would simply tell you what to do? I have. And I'm pretty sure if I heard God's voice telling me what to do, I'd do it. Except, fear can be a powerful thing, even when you're pretty sure God is speaking directly to you. I was born in Columbus, and so we moved to Dallas in the mid-90s. And, you know, that became home for me because, number one, my family. Like, I could have stayed back in Ohio. I was actually going to. But I was like such a baby. <laughs> I'm like, I need my mom and dad. So I moved with them. And that was a pivotal place for me as a growing, you know, young adult, you know, late teen, early 20s. I feel like that that place, Dallas, has become home in my heart because there is something very significant that happened there. This is Christina James. She does the midday show at 95.1 Shine FM in Baltimore. Dallas might have become a special place for Christina, but she wasn't anchored there. The adjustment happened in 2009. I can definitely remember the year when I started to feel like I wanted to get out. I wanted to move. And it wasn't just, oh, I'm going to move down the street for my, my family. I want to get the heck out of here. I want to see something very different. Two years later. I got an email from you, Dave. In 2011, 
um, in January. For 17 years, I was the program director at 95.1 Shine FM. That means I was responsible for what people heard when they listened to the station, including who was on the air. I'm glad I opened the email because I don't think it had a subject line in it, and I almost didn't open it. I almost deleted it. Yeah, that's something I rarely did then, include a subject line. I've changed since, but believe it or not, there are still times when I don't have a subject line. Anyhow, Christina isn't the only one who's glad she opened that email. I am too. And it's it's a message from you saying, you know, hey, I heard you talk to one of our consultants and he said we should talk. Um, Do you have some time this week? And I was just like, mouth open, like, oh my gosh, what? You know, it was it was this rush of excitement. Leaving Dallas and moving to Baltimore would have been a big change for Christina. Did she feel any fear? No, not really. Mm. That's that's what the crazy thing is. And that's what let me know I was ready because there wasn't any trepidation. There wasn't anything that I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? Because I didn't know anybody here. I knew no one. (laughs) There was not even a friend or a long lost cousin or, you know, it was just me going to a new territory by myself. And I was ready. I was like, yes, let's do it. We flew Christina from Dallas to Baltimore to meet her and talk about the job opportunity. And then two weeks later, or maybe not even that long, maybe a week, I got the offer um, to join Shine FM. Christina accepted the offer and moved to Baltimore in April 2011. At the end of August, my dad got sick. He had uh, pneumonia. And that's very rare. Dad, did, he just didn't get sick very often at all. So they go. he goes in the hospital, and, and as they're checking other things, they find a clogged artery and then say, well, we need to do bypass surgery. Keep in mind, Christina's dad was still in Dallas, almost 1,400 miles away. When he told me that, I was just kind of like, really? Like, that's so extreme. I, I, I was thinking, don't you think you need to wait? Because you just are coming out of the sickness. And I remember the day that I talked to him, the last time I talked to him, like you and I are talking. I said that, he said, well, the doctors say that I'm good to go. And I was like, okay. So then the next day he's he's got the surgery and my mom calls me like later in the day because I'm checking and she said, well, he hasn't woken up yet. And then um, it developed into him being put on a ventilator. And I mean, we're talking like a a whole day later. And my mom then calls me. She said, well, Chris, you might need to come home. So I get home and I walk into the hospital room and see my dad just laying there, not really responsive. He finally did wake up. There was some understanding there, but he wasn't able to talk. He had a stroke during the surgery. He's in the hospital for six months because he couldn't even do anything. We realized he's not able to talk. Like he understands everything clearly, but words are not coming out of his mouth. His voice not being heard was and still is a hard thing to to digest because here we are 10 years later and he's still in the same space. 
As Christina's family was navigating through challenging waters in Dallas, she was beginning to navigate through her own challenges in Baltimore. Life is different here in Baltimore. That felt like hitting a wall maybe a year into it because in my in my ideal mind, I was thinking of, you know, high-rise apartment downtown and having all this really cool stuff to explore. Well, that costs some money. <laughs> and at that time, that was not in the budget for me. Christina's challenges were just beginning. And then within that few years period, I also made another change even here at the station. And that really impacted my heart and mind significantly. Mm. And I didn't realize how significant it did um, even until years later when I made the other change. This change Christina just mentioned happened in 2013 and I was directly involved. In fact, it was my decision. Oh, Dave, it was so hard. And I, I don't know if you remember the the day that you asked me to come in your office and you, you know, relayed the information, uh, I came in like, and then left, like I got punched in the gut. And I literally, I was, I couldn't even control it, but tears falling down my face right in front of you. And I'm just like, huh? For years, I wanted to create an evening program that was prayer focused, inviting listeners to call and share what was going on in their lives and then getting prayed for on air. What Christina was doing middays demonstrated she was the right person to host this type of program. So I made the decision to swap our evening announcer with Christina and start this new program called Nightshine. But this was a hard change for Christina. And I think it was because in my mind, I felt like it was a demotion. Mm. I felt like I was going backwards and that doesn't feel like the feeling of that as you know anytime we feel something it's significant um but that's what it felt in that moment because in radio world you know you have the morning and the afternoons and that's kind of the big those are the big spots that people are you know they're listening and that's that's like a big thing and in the middle of the day that's sort of a big thing but nobody's listening nobody's listening seven to midnight that's just you know eh, whatever so that's what it felt like And I knew that dynamic would be in play, that she might feel that way. But I also hope, because this was more than just a shift swap, but the start of a new feature program, it would alleviate that feeling. And so in that moment, I had none of that going through my mind. (laughs) It was all like, what? What? This is so, it felt unfair. It felt really, it was just a hard, hard thing um, that I wrestled with. When I started in radio, and for many years later, even today, stations, program directors, will make changes like this unilaterally. No discussion, no conversation, just make the change. I've been in radio a long time, and I've had it done to me. And because of that, I know how painful it can be getting that news. And because of that, I really should have handled Christina's move differently. How could I have done that differently? Well, I think you said it. Just the conversation 
and saying, hey, this is what I'm thinking. What are your thoughts? And kind of give it some time to, to, to settle in. But I also know, Dave, that when these changes happen as followers of Christ, we have to know, I had to come to the realization that it was God's hand in it all along. Because I didn't realize it until I, until my other change in 2018, when I moved back to Dallas, that what we did in, at Nightshine was exactly what needed to happen. Like, I, you know, you don't realize, I didn't realize the impact until I left. And then even coming back, people calling still, I'm like, where were you? <laughs> you know, June 17th, two, 2015 at 10 o'clock at night. Why weren't you calling then? You know, it's like, you know, people call now. Like, I remember. I'm like, really? You know, so it's it's just, you know, God, we go through these, these adjustments and transitions in life. And it's really him in it. I always loved Nightshine. Everything I had imagined, everything I had envisioned. I was so proud of you, so proud of the station for how it sounded, but I also know how much it hurt you, and I regret that. Will you forgive me? Absolutely. That was done a long time ago, Dave, because I love you. Christina did a great job with Nightshine. She connected with her listeners in a deep way, and her prayers were authentic and powerful. I knew that in my heart, it was a good thing. Like what we did, Nightshine, absolutely, 100%. Like, yes, I, this is right in my vein. I, I love it. Um, it was the change. It was the, the change that was so hard. She says it took a long time to work through what she was feeling after the change. There was a period of time where I, I got angry with God, you know, like, why did you do, why did I have to move here? What, you know, and that, that was in my head as opposed to um, looking at opportunities. But when, again, at that age, you're not necessarily seeing life that way. At the same time, Christina was wrestling with her emotions outside of work as well. Because I was staying in a basement apartment, which was really nice. It was really cute. And, you know, so there's that tension of this is your first apartment on your own. And it's really nice. You had I was really excited to decorate it and do all these really cool things. And I did. Um, and, And so that first year, probably I was I was fine. And then you start getting into year two, three, four. And you're like, okay. I feel stuck. (laughs) I feel stuck. In 2018, seven years after arriving in Baltimore, Christina decided to return to the place she called home. I saw that there was a a station in Dallas that was looking to hire an afternoon person. And I'm like, whoa, this is interesting. So I applied. And she was hired. When she told us in Baltimore that she was leaving, I was really disappointed, but not surprised. I knew things had not gone the way she expected in Baltimore. And I was a part of that. After she started at her new station in Dallas, I listened online and she sounded really good in that afternoon slot. I even sent her a text telling her so. I also figured this was going to be a long-term position for Christina. She sounded great. Plus, she was back in Dallas with her family. Did she feel the same way? No, actually, I did not. I, can't, I actually went in thinking, how long am I going to be here? 
I don't think it's going to be that long, which is really very, you know, fascinating to think that I was thinking that. Um, I just knew that it was an opportunity for me to go back home and there was, it was a good offer. And so we're going to see what happens. And, you know, six, seven months later, they decide to go in a different direction. And I'm like, you, huh? (laughs) You brought me from Baltimore back to Dallas in different direction. What, what in the world? For the next year or so, Christina worked as a personal fitness trainer, something she had started doing while she was in Baltimore at Under Armour. At the same time, Christina says she also started really working through the pain of what happened in Baltimore. I could have stayed in that space, and I think that's why I I needed to pray that prayer to release what was going on in my heart. There's like, God's like, I'm trying to do some heart surgery here. Can you help me out? (laughs) So, okay, Lord, if that's what you want to do. Okay. So I had to release that because it was a heart problem that I was having um, with what I had encountered and experienced over the years in radio, um, as opposed to looking at it as we're, we're, we're all going to, at some point, impact one another, possibly in a negative way. Even the most amazing people in the world. Dave, you know some really good people. I know some really good people. We know some of those same people. Even the most amazing people in the world are going to disappoint you at some point because they don't have the capacity to be everything you need all the time. And that's where I'm like, yeah, because I've disappointed people. I've hurt people. And that prayer Christina mentioned? I said, God, Anything that I have had in my heart against Shine FM or anybody there, I need you to let let that be released. I want it gone. That's not all Christina was praying. Because I've been asking God, what what is it you wanting me to do? What are you doing? And being thankful for where I was every day. Meanwhile, in early 2020, Christina had been getting some offers to return to radio. There was a station in Texas and another in Minnesota. She turned both down. They didn't feel right. And then one week after Christina prayed that prayer about Shine FM, the current program director, John Lawhon, reached out and asked if she would be interested in returning to Baltimore to do Middays again. I was excited. I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? And the, and the initial feeling was, yeah, I think you're going to be going back. Hi, my name is Tracy Tiernan. Could you use a little extra sunshine in your day? (laughs) Could you use a little hope? Well, then I want to invite you to check out my podcast, Your Day Brighter. Each week, I have rich conversation with amazing people who are making a real difference in this world. Some of my guests you've heard of. I ask God questions without questioning God. And God is just, he's got to refine the hell out of us. You know what I mean? I'm I'm here. Doesn't look like I can speed my way out of this one. So, Lord, what do you have to show me while I'm here? You think you know those voices? I bet you do. But there's also very special guests on my podcast that you haven't heard of yet. And I can't wait to introduce you. I promise you'll feel encouraged and you'll learn practical ways to live a more positive, joy-filled life. I hope you'll stop by for a listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or you can go to 951shinefm.com and click the Your Day Brighter link. Let's add some light and love and hope to our world. 
Cactus 1549, turn left heading 270. Uh, this is uh, Cactus 1539. It first through Foster Rest. I'm told it's returning back towards LaGuardia. Okay, uh, you need to return to LaGuardia. Turn left heading up uh, 220. 220. Tyre, stop you to park. He's got emergency returning. It's 1529. He, he uh, bird strike. He lost all engine. He lost the thrust in the engines. He's returning immediately. Cactus 1529. Which engines? He lost thrust in both engines. He said. Got it. January 15th, 2009. One minute and 20 seconds after taking off from LaGuardia Airport in New York, U.S. Airways Flight 1549 hit a flock of birds, causing both engines to die. Cactus 1529. We can get it to you. Do you want to try to land 1913? We may end up in the Hudson. Captain Sully Sullenberger was the pilot of the plane. He's the one who you just heard say, we may end up in the Hudson. That's the Hudson River. I got this 1549. It's going to be left traffic to runway 31. Unable. Okay, what do you need to land? But the air traffic controller continues to try and find a runway for Cactus 1549 which was the call sign for the plane. And you can hear the stress of the situation because both Captain Sullenberger and the air traffic controller keep getting that call sign wrong, calling it Cactus 1529, 1539, and occasionally getting it right, Cactus 1549. Cactus 1549, runway 4 is available if you want to make left traffic to runway 4. Idiot, okay, I'm not sure we make any runway. Uh, what's over to our right? Anything in New Jersey? Maybe Teterboro? Okay, yeah, off your right side is Teterboro Airport. Do you want to try to go to Teterboro? Yes. Teterboro, uh, Empire. Actually, LaGuardia departure guy, emergency inbound. Hey, guys. Cactus 1529 over the George Washington Bridge wants to go to the airport right now. Going to the airport. Check. Does he need assistance? Uh, yes. He, uh, it was a bird strike. Can I get him in for, uh, runway one? Runway one. That's good. Cactus 1529, turn right 280. Can land runway one at Teterboro. We can't do it. Okay. Which runway would you like at Teterboro? We're going to be in the I'm sorry. Say again, Cactus. And he didn't. Say again. That was the last time the air traffic controller heard from Captain Sullenberger. Cactus 15.9, radar contact is lost. You also got Newark Airport up at 2 o'clock in about 7 miles. Eagle 5, 4718, turn left thing 210. 210, uh, 4718. I don't know, I think he said he was going to the Hudson. Of the 155 people on that most were either uninjured or sustained very minor injuries. There were a few more serious injuries, but everyone survived. Five months later, at an NTSB hearing, Captain Sullenberger talked through his decision-making process after the bird strike. The first option, of course, was to return to LaGuardia. I, I took a look out the left window at the landmarks, at the distance remaining from where we were to LaGuardia. And the fact that we were already at low altitude, at low airspeed, heading away from the airport. And when I took control of the airplane, with the airplane still in the climb attitude, but without climb thrust on the airplane, our airspeed began to decay rapidly. In order to lower the nose and retain a safe flying speed, our rate of descent necessarily increased dramatically. Looking at where we were and how much time, altitude, and distance would be required to turn back toward LaGuardia and then fly toward LaGuardia, I determined quickly that that was going to be problematic and it would not be a, a realistic choice. Uh, 
and I couldn't afford to be wrong. Once I turned toward LaGuardia, it would be, have been an, an irrevocable choice, eliminating all other options. I had, to be make, I had to make sure I could make it before I chose that option. I decided I couldn't. And as to Teterboro, it was too far away. The only option remaining, the only place in a highly developed metropolitan area, long enough, wide enough, smooth enough to land was the river. It took less than three minutes from the bird strike to successfully landing in the river. It was called a miracle, miracle on the Hudson, and Captain Sullenberger was praised for the way he handled the whole thing. Of course he was. He quickly analyzed the situation, made a decision, and then skillfully executed his plan. If Captain Sullenberger felt fear, he didn't let it affect his decisions or his actions. Season two of Long Story Short is all about change. Change is scary, and a lot of us let fear impact our decisions and actions. If you heard episode one, I talked about how I kept our big change moving from Maryland to South Carolina on a rolling five-year timeline. It was always five years from now. It was my passive-aggressive way of delaying the decision because of fear. The biggest was fear of regret. What if we made this change and I regret it later? And the, and the initial feeling was, yeah, I think you're going to be going back. Christina was making the same change twice, nine years apart. If you remember, the first time she made it, she felt no fear. Was the second decision as easy as the first? It was not <laughs> at all. It was completely so different than the first time. After Christina was offered the opportunity to return to Shine FM, she said yes. Everyone was excited. And then the pandemic hit. The move was delayed. And in that time, Christina started wrestling with her decision. I wasn't really wanting to move necessarily again. I wasn't, I wasn't the same Christina that was wanting to get out of town in 2009. It's like you had scratched that itch and it yes. wasn't itching again. Right. Yeah. So here we are 10 years later, and I was like, no, I'm staying home. And it got worse. It was like something kind of crept over me, and I was like, I almost felt like um, in my mind, you're curled up in the fetal position in the corner, and that's where I was, that's how I was feeling. I'm like, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do it. I don't. How do I tell them? Like, I already said yes. I can't say no. You know, it was just this really strong wrestling in my heart and uh i i finally had to say something but i i told john i said i'm really having a hard time here um you know with just just the the transition moving he's like oh i know you know this whole COVID thing and the shutdown everybody's who knew this was going to happen so in his mind he's thinking that and i'm like no john i don't want to move <laughs> You know, like that, that's what I was trying to get across. And we, we, we talked about it. He was very gracious and he said, all right, well, let's just, let's just work through this um, one day at a time. You know, just, you keep thinking about it. You keep praying. Don't feel like you have to make any moves just yet. We're going to, we're going to delay this anyway because of what's happening. Um, and so I was thankful for that. And still at the same time wrestling inside, Dave. I was just really having a hard time. Finally, Christina made another decision. And I think it was this little girl inside of me, this little Christina, 
was going, I don't want to go. I don't want to leave mom and dad, you know? I don't know how much time I have left with them. And that those thoughts come, that's a whole other conversation, but those thoughts run through my mind often. And so uh, I, I told John, I said, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I think I just, maybe it's timing. And I tried everything. I was like, do you think I could just work from here? I can do it from here. I got a studio. We can. He's like, no, I really would love someone here. So I just said, well, maybe it's timing. I, I need to stay. I was personally disappointed when I got the news that Christina would not be returning to Baltimore. And I sent her a text. Yes. Yeah, you you sent me a text and you said, I, I something along the lines of like, I, I'm really sorry. I was really looking forward to working with you again. I understand it's a tough decision, um, but maybe somewhere down the line, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and I got your text and I'm like, <laughs> Like, I'm just, I was so emotional and there wasn't a full release, even after I said no. And I'm like, okay, Lord, what? That was a Friday evening. And I went through the weekend struggling. I was like, maybe I, I had an epiphany. I was like, Christina, what did you just do? Like, this is an opportunity again. You, you should do this. Monday morning, I get up. And uh, early. And so Christina sent an email. And I said, look, I am, I think I made this decision out of fear. Like that's when, that's when the light bulb moments came. That I was acting in fear. Because I'm, again, feeling like this baby Christina crawled up in a corner, not wanting to go anywhere. So I said that. I said, I think I made this decision in fear. I wish I had a big old eraser to wipe this out. And I, I, but I don't, um, if the opportunity is still there, I would love to accept it. And I was so nervous to send that letter because like, that's super vulnerable. Like, oh my gosh, like, what are they going to say? Like, who, who does this? Christina received a response from Steve Lawhon, the general manager of Shine FM. And he said, Christina, thank you for being so open He's like, what you're experiencing is exactly what our listeners walk through as well. And this is why we're here to help people through moments like this. He's like, I already told our staff that, or our management that you weren't coming. Um, but listen, if you can be here by June 1st, we feel like this is a good fit. The job is yours. Change is scary. Have you ever considered making a change and felt fear? The fear of failure, of regret, of rejection, of the unknown? I have. But I want to face fear with the same confidence Captain Sellenberger did as his plane was headed towards the Hudson River. And as a follower of Jesus, that's actually possible. But there are times when I still exercise fear over faith. Gideon was afraid. I'm not sure of what, but I love how God was gracious and kind to him. And I feel like God had to do that for me, to walk me through that so that I could tell this story that God meets us in our emotions. He meets us in our fearful moments and he makes it super clear. If we need clarity, he's going to do it. Like Gideon, he's one of my favorite guys in the Bible because he's like the most insecure person on the planet at that time. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, Judges chapter six, we talk about Gideon, talks about Gideon, where Gideon's like, okay, so God, can you just confirm one more time? I'm sorry to bother you again, but just one more time. And then, okay, one more time. It's like, that's how I was feeling. And God met me there. And as soon as I got that email, I was at my brother and sister-in-law's house. And I was like, you guys, I just got this. And I was like, I'm moving back to Baltimore. Like I just said it just like that. Cause it was complete peace. Like no question, no hesitation, no, no turmoil. It was, it was a done deal. If you're considering change in your life and feeling fear, remember the words of Paul and his letter to the Philippians. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. A preview of our next episode is coming right up. Long Story Short is a production of Brighter Media Group. John Lawhon is the executive producer. Special thanks to Todd Gaddy and Aaron Branham. Without them, you wouldn't know about nor be able to hear this podcast. Season two of Long Story Short is all about change, with four more episodes on the way. Subscribe or follow, depending on what your podcast provider calls it, and each episode will be waiting for you early Tuesday morning after it's released. Also, would you consider rating the podcast and leaving a review if you use Apple Podcasts? That helps us know how these episodes are impacting you, and it also helps others find the podcast and then decide whether to invest time listening. If these are beneficial to you, this is an opportunity to pass it along to someone else. All right, next week on Long Story Short, we're going to pivot from the change you plan for to the change you don't. In episode one, you heard the story behind Ava and my big move from Maryland to South Carolina. Two days after Christmas and the day after I arrived in our new home to stay. 911, what's the address of emergency? Yes, ma'am. I'm on Sheffield Parkway and Cassavetry Boulevard, and there's a bad accident. Right Three now. cars involved. Three cars. Oh, my gosh. There's look like four or five people. They might be nurses or something out there trying to help them. Okay. Those people were helping my wife. Next week, you'll hear Ava's account of the accident and the change we didn't plan for. You'll also hear a part of the story very few people know. I call it one of the most epic Ava moments ever. That's all for this week. Thanks again for listening, and we'll connect again next time, all right?